Welcome to the A, everybody. I'm happy that you are here. I want to throw out a question that I seriously want you to like think deeply about this question. What would people say if we closed St. Mark Church? Why this question? And no, this is this is uh, this is a healthy exercise. Think for a second. What would happen if we said this is our last Sunday of St. Mark Church? Would many of us say, "All right, bummer. You know, I'll just you know whatever. Now I can get to the things I want to get to." Would you find another church? If we closed St. Mark Church, I wonder what those high schoolers who go to our Inside Out program who are maybe questioning their faith, questioning their identity, questioning who they are, and they become inside out, and we tell them this will be the last inside out, I wonder what they would look like the following week, the following month, the following year. I wonder those who might come to, to, to the 8, which is our second service here, and we tell them this is the last one. Would this stop them on their journey of finding their true identity in God? I wonder what our elementary kids would say if we said this is our last. They say, bummer, no more fun stuff at church. We're just, we're just going to sit at home or we're going to go to more soccer practices or whatever. I wonder what we would say. Even those of you who are regular regularly attend church, what would you say? What would you do? What would you replace your Sunday morning with if this was St. Mark's last church service? This question is critical, and yes, I know it makes us uncomfortable, but it's, a good, it's good for us to get uncomfortable. And we'll come back to this question a little bit. But the question I want us to focus on today, just for the next 10, 15 minutes, what is the church? What is the church? Like, what are we here for? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is the church? Like, maybe a lot of us have different understandings or different views or even different experiences of what the church is intended to be. Some people would view it as just like an organization for people to get together, something for people to feel good about themselves, maybe to reduce some guilt, and that's, what, that's, that's how they would view church. But what is church? Let's kind of start with what church is not, right? Let's start with the negation of it. So the church is not a human organization or an institution. Yes, it is managed by broken people, you and me. But the essence of what church is, it is not a human organization or an institution. It's not this 2,000-year-old organization or institution in any shape or form. But you're ready. You're ready for the full definition of an ancient Christian understanding of what the church is intended to be. The church, she is a theanthropic organism. What on earth are you saying, Father? The church, she is a theanthropic organism. You guys are smart. What's the prefix theo? What is prefix? What's the prefix theo? Go. What's the suffix? Anthropic. Anthropology. OB. Man. Organism, you get it. Organization is, is an institutional thing, it's static. An organism is living, is dynamic, it's evolving. So the church is a theanthropic organism. It is the embodiment of God and man, it is the intersection of God and man. The church is not, you already know this, the church is not these four walls. The church is not San Mark Church. The church, capital C, is a theanthropic organism. It's this dynamic, living, evolving organism in which God has ordained for our edification. But it is the fusion of man and God. Like what makes the church? 
is when we come together, not just because, you know, we like each other or we like having coffee together or we're in the same season of life and we have to, all that's great, all that's great. But that's all part of the bigger picture of us understanding the church. The church is the enthrall. It is the intersection of God and man. Another way to look at it, I want to look at the church in this way. It is the eternal body of Christ and it is the dwelling place of the living spirit. This bond, like a common analogy that you see throughout church history, you find it in scripture, you see it in the manuscripts in the early centuries, is that they understood the church being the body, the body, the body. The body, if you think of it biologically, the body is always evolving, the, the body is alive, it's dynamic, it takes stress, it's always moving, it's always acclimating to wherever the body, wherever it is, right? Your body adjusts, if it's in, in, in Antarctica, your body adjusts to stress, your body adjusts. So they understood the church being the body, but if there's a body, there has to be a head. They understood, St. Paul beautifully wrote this, the church understood this, that yes, we are the body, the theanthropic organism, but the head is the one who holds our life in his hand. The head of this organism, which is dynamic and evolving, and is timeless. The head is the founder and king of peace himself. This is the design of the church. It is eternal. It is not, there's not a beginning and an end to the body. If God himself, if Jesus himself is not limited by any constraint of time himself, if God is the one who redefined what life and death is itself, if this is the reality of Jesus, the head, then this is also true of the body. The church is not something or someone that is limited. The church is the dynamic. It is the eternal body of Christ. So the church involves you and me. The church involves St. Mark. The apostle, the church involves Pope Shenouda. The church involves the saints and martyrs who have come before us. This is the church. Because death does not separate us. It is e eternal. This is the body of Christ. This is the church. And it is the dwelling place of the living spirit. Because at the intersection of us coming to church, this is where we find edification and healing through the sacramental life of the church. So it is the dwelling place of the living spirit. This is where I come with my brokenness, with my issues, and I find the life-giving mysteries. Through the mysteries of the church, this is where I find wholeness. This is where I find restoration through the church. I want you to think through this for a second. The creed. The creed. is something we recite in every liturgical service in Orthodox. And these church leaders in the 4th century who put together the creed together had various elements in it. But they said, you know what? Let's reduce the mission statement of what it means to be a Jesus follower into four elements. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then they wanted to add a fourth element. You would think, to write down the mission statement of us understanding who we are as Christians, it's enough to talk about the Trinity. But out of anything else, these church followers in the year 325 AD, they came together to add a fourth essential mandatory component of us understanding what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And this fourth element in which they added, which is essential for our edification, is the church. And the church, the full definition of us understanding what the church is. The what, what, how we describe the church? The church in the first few centuries was not titled Orthodox. That's something that came later because of the divisions that occurred. But the fullness, the full definition of this timeless theanthropic organism is one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church of God. This is the definition of this timeless bond of Jesus. Why one? Why holy? Why Catholic? And why apostolic? The church is one. There, there might be different expressions of the fullness of this church, 
But it is one. Independent of time, independent of language, independent of culture, the church is one. The church is holy. It is not an institution. The word holy, the Greek word for holy. Anybody know what's the Greek word for holy? Agios. Agios means not of this world. A is negation. Geos is world or earth. So the, the church is not of this world. It is not an institution. Yes, it is trying to be, or there's good stewards trying to manage that would include the bishops. But it is whole. It is not an institution. It is an organism. It is dynamic. So it is one. It is holy. Because it is the, if it's the body of God himself, of course the body has to be holy if the head is holy. So it is one. It is holy. And it's Catholic. Is it Roman Catholic? Why do we say the word Catholic? I mean, couldn't we think of any other word? If you look at the etymology of the word Catholic, Catholic is not necessarily meaning um, universal. Yes, I know people might translate it to that. But the word Catholic means it's all-encompassing. It is all-encompassing. The church, the church exists here when we partake of the sacraments. The church also exists when you sign up for a life group. No shame plug here. The church is when you sign up for a life group and you grow in a life group and you grow in that capacity. That is the church. Because you are humans, man, intersecting with the source of life. Theanthropic. This is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The church, the church from day one understood. We're not bound by any walls. We're not bound by what the architecture. We're not bound by any of that. And for crying out loud, the first church of those Jesus followers came to, coming together, gathered in St. Mark's house, his parents' house. He's a young guy, so I always say his parents' house. He was gathered, they gathered in his parents' house. That is the church. They understood it ain't no wall. It is dynamic. It is timeless. It is not restricted by anything. It is one holy Catholic. And it is apostolic. Apostolic means, the word apostle, apostolos means messenger. The word, the church is intended to be outward facing. Maybe you've heard me say that before. The church is, by, by, by design, is intended to be outward facing. It's not supposed to be like, inclusive and just what's in it for me and the language and the jargon we use, only those who are in the inside know. No. By design, this theanthropic organism is designed to be outward facing. So the church is one. Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. This is why, my friends, the eight is not it's always it's not always not content driven. Because content, a talk like this, you can find anywhere on a podcast, YouTube, you name it. It's not about the content, but it's us being outward facing. This is why last Sunday we did the mission, we did a service event together. This is us being outward facing. This is us going to the community, going to organizations, and saying, "Hey, we have a church family. What are the needs of the church? What are the needs of the community? How can we help?" This is how we can be an apostolic church. This is how the apostles understood the disciples, the early followers of Jesus. They understood it like, oh, cool, man, this is awesome. Now we're part of the church. And they pat this up on the back and say, great, now we can come to the church and, and, and liturgy and give and we're good. No. They understood. If I'm part of the church, now I'm called to be uncomfortable. Now I can make sure every aspect of the church is outward facing. This is the fullness of us understanding the one holy Catholic and apostolic church of God. Let me be, please do not take this person. Sometimes we try to fit the church into our lives, right? We, we all got stuff. You, all, you got stuff on your, you got a lot of stuff. Well, just, you know, I, I want to do the whole Jesus State church thing. Yeah, it's good. But I, I want to fit it into my life, right? Not, not every week, definitely not more than once a week, right? We just want a little bit, right? But not too much, right? So we try to fit it into our lives. But the reality, this is the essence of our life. If we're trying to pursue the head, why don't I tap myself more into the reality of his body? It should be the very fabric of our lives. 
of how I grow in life groups, of how I roll up my sleeve and serve, of how I build those nurturing, edifying relationships with those who are also patients in this spiritual hospital and which we call the church. So it's not something on the side, by design. By design. It, it's intended to be the fullness of the church. You can look at these beautiful designs, renderings of our future God-willing home in Dora. And God bless Joseph Gabriel, he designed these. It looks amazing. It's a warehouse, and you make it look like a church like this. It's beautiful. But this is not the church. This is cool. This is not the church. And it's God's my witness. I have failed. We have failed. If we pat ourselves on the back on day one, moving into our church, and make sure everything's nice. Don't touch us. We just want this pay. We're this is our church. Maybe we look, we finally got our church. It's been five years. If, we, if that's, if that's the, the spirituality of the church, I have failed. We have failed. We have lost sight of the mission of the church. This is great. And I hope people, when they would drive by, by this church, they'd be like, that, that, that's not like a regular church. Is that a church? What is that? And then they would walk in and they realize, wow, this is a first century church. I want them to be overwhelmed by the orthodox architecture and by the imagery. But more importantly, us. This is what makes people attracted to our heavenly Father. I'm going to say that it's all blue in the face. The church is the sacramental life. The church is us coming in rows over there liturgically and coming in rows here also. But it also requires us to grow in circles. It requires us to open up with each other and have healthy, edifying conversations together in life group. And I get it. You have a lot on your plate. But create that margin. Create that space. Literally, you just pack up every hour, every day. Or do you have margin to tap yourself into the reality of this theanthropic organism known as the one holy Catholic and apostolic church? I promise you, your soul is hungry for those connections. You're fatigued. You're tired of scrolling. You're tired of the small talk. You're tired of it. You want that face-to-face -face connection. Your soul, do you know why I know that? Because your Heavenly Father designed you to be hungry for it. But do we do that? Or if it fits into my schedule, maybe I'll do it. Us doing this challenge together. It's not about the finances, please. As God is my witness, it's not about the finances. But it's for us to be able to grow each other, to support each other, and for us to go toward a bigger mission. For us to move toward a bigger mission. I love this quote. We are patients. We are patients in this spiritual hospital. These are the words of St. John Chrysostom, a fourth century bishop. We are patients. We don't have it all together. We definitely don't have life all together. But we're here, coming to the spiritual hospital, going to the true physician. But we are working for the true physician. We are working for the true physician. We're coming with our issues to the true physician. But we also work for him. Because this is our mission, as us being part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic, outward-facing church. And let me end with this. Imagine, imagine we're partying up in heaven. Our time is done. Mission accomplished. We're all in heaven. Imagine we're in heaven and somebody taps you on your shoulder and says, hey, I wanted to thank you. And you would be like, what's your name? Who are you? Where'd you, where'd you come from? And that person tells you, you know, I signed up for that life group 
at that church, the same old church I signed up. And I didn't know anybody. But you welcomed me. And you just, you just offered me coffee and you just talked to me. And you didn't do anything spectacular. But you just welcomed me. And I felt, with my stress and anxiety of going to this new place, I felt a little bit better. And that just put my life in motion. That helped me remind myself of who I am to God. It helped me remind myself that I'm not defined by my past. Thank you. What if somebody pats you on your shoulder and says, hey, you know, I know you don't know me, but I want to thank you for funding and supporting that church building in Dorothy. I appreciate that. And you ask, why? You say, you know, that church building, I wasn't like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing the whole Jesus religious thing. I was spiritual, but the whole the Christianity, I was kind of done with it. But I went inside that church because I wanted to, like, see if there's anything different about it. I drop past it all the time, but I went in, and, and, I, and I experienced God in a new way there. I attended a marriage event. I attended a financial workshop there. And I was brought into the whole spirituality stuff, but I just felt warm and welcomed there. So thank you. Thank you. For you being part of the generation who built that building. It ain't about the building. But thank you for what happened inside the building. What if that's our story? What if that's our story? That we're the class of 2022. <laughs> we're in heaven. I don't know how God organizes this stuff in heaven. But what if we're the class of 2022? And somebody comes to you later on and says, Hey, you know, I was there in the year 2040. And, you know, I don't even know who Father Nathaniel was. Right? There was already three other priests after him. But they had like all these events at the building and in the city, uh, the city of Doraville held events at the church building. And it just made me, I, I felt God in a new way. So thank you. Thank you for supporting a building. I wanted to, to, to say thank you. Imagine, imagine if that was our story. This is the church, my friends. This is the church. Not coming to check out a box. I, come to, I came today, not checking out boxes. Oh, yes, I came on time for communion. That's not the church. These are aspects of the church. But the fullness of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. This is what you and I are invited to be part of, this theanthropic organism that is there to give us life. So I pray that maybe just this 10 minutes can give us a new perspective to church. Maybe it's not just us coming to church and walking back out, but it requires us to connect with each other and have these beautiful celebrations together because we need each other. You are designed as a relational being. You are not designed to be an individual. By divine design, you are not designed to go through life alone. It's through his body. It's through us with our sickness as patience. This is where we find the remedy to life. Let us stand for prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we are grateful that we are not just left alone to pursue you alone. That we're not just left alone to just try to figure out life alone. But we can come together as children with our issues, with our uncertainties. And for us to lean on each other. For us to grow together toward you. Lord, we thank you so much for our church family. And Lord, I pray that our mission for our church is never to be internally focused. Not about what's in it for us. For us not to lose sight it's just about the building and that that's all about it. But for us to be true to this one holy Catholic and apostolic church in which you have entrusted us with. Through the prayers of all your saints, 
Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one, and Christ Jesus. 